This is Daizen Shui X, the podcast, episode 127, for the week of May 4th, 2008. Welcome to Daizen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen Shui X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of Micarita. What? Micarita. 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 Tell me about your Micarita. Well, Micarita is a premium malt cocktail. 8% alcohol. Alcohol included. Ready to serve. <laughs> like how it has to say alcohol included as opposed to you have to sort it's out just a green your mixture. 8% separate. Anyways, let's say hello to everyone. I'm going to start with you, Miss okay. Micarita. That's not my name. You're the Mike. I am Mike. You're Mary. Yes. What's up? How you doing? I don't have a Mary Rita. I can't think of any jokes to go off That's of okay, that. it sucked. Uh, um, I'm good. I took a half day of work. Sweet. So I am... My voice is gonna crack. Oh, that's so cool. I'm chillerific. Sweet. You're Mary. Uh, I would typically go to Julian, but unfortunately, Julian could not join us this Extended week. Extended leave. It's been, I think, exactly a month at this point. But here's the good news. He's all moved in, and he's just waiting for the internet to be completely set up in his new dwelling. So that means we are going to see him very soon. In his place yet again, but it's also that time of the month. Jeff! The way you put time of the month, just... <laughs> Not right. I had to do it that way. Not, Come not on. Right. Yes. Hello. I am Jeff. You are Jeff. So if you're here, that means it's a manga review of awesomeness. That can definitely be assumed, yes. Cool. We're up to volume 16. We are at the end of what one may call the Dragon Ball portion of the manga, despite it all being Dragon Ball 1 to 42. But we will get to that. So what's up? How you doing? Things? Stuff? Etc.? Oh, you know, just preparing for other projects, right, Mike? Uh, other projects are awesome. That's right. I'm equally excited about this, though, because it's pretty much the end of the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. Oh, absolutely. Very exciting material. So cool. I'm glad you're here. So we got Mary, we got Jeff. My name is Mike. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. We got a hell of an episode for you. We are at my favorite part of the entire Dragon Ball series, I think think i kind of waver back and forth when i'm reading this part it's my favorite and when i'm reading the end of the cell game that's my favorite so i'm kind of mary i've asked this to you before i think you've answered before but the jinzo nigen trunk stuff is i don't know i mean now that we not this tinkage Chibidoka, but the one before that i kind of grew attached to that one 22nd yeah i like that more than i thought i did i can I'm, see I'm that. really digging it but when we get to the i mean i'm biased for trunks of course and right. the and the android, so we'll see when we get to that part. We'll talk Quite a all about favorites come very soon in the episode. Let's talk about uh, what else is going on this episode. We are doing the manga review of Awesomeness. I do want to mention something that was on the website for the last week. We did a week of filler. It was my grand title Content! For this. Yes, I love daily content for the entire last week. Remember when that was the norm for you no, back you, in the day? Do you remember a time on the internet when a monthly update to a site was an event and you could not wait to look forward to visiting well, something like, like Susie Su every month. And like, oh, he updated. Like, oh my God, I would always look on weekends because he always seemed to update on weekends. Right. And now it's like a day went by and there's no news. What's your problem? <laughs> it's a very different That's the nature of, internet. of the internet. I know. But so we've been doing, Jeff, I will tell you about this. Hmm? I'll pretend you're just a random listener that doesn't know. Okay. So we've had this guide on the website called the Phil 
Color Guide. Yes. And uh, our old buddy Clay from the Dragon Ball News Group many years back, what he did is he took the TV episode and the manga side by side and kind of did a little running commentary comparison. For example, these 15 minutes are directly taken from the manga. Hmm. And then there's a two-minute scene which wasn't present in the manga at all. We would call that filler material because it fills in the time. You know how filler works. Right. If you're a Shonen fan, you especially know how this works. Yeah. So Clay did uh, about seven episodes of DBZ, I think. And it was so much work, I think he burned himself out. Wow. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. And then he kind of fell off the face of the planet. So, Clay, if you're listening, I think we were in touch maybe like a year ago. Uh, send me a line. Anyways, so uh, another good buddy of ours, Rachel, from the same Dragon Ball News group many years back, uh, she kind of picked the filler guide back up. Rachel decided to go to the beginning of Dragon Ball rather than start with Z, start at the beginning of the series, Dragon Ball. And for the past couple of years, actually, I think she's been plugging away at some episodes. I figured it was time. Let's put it up there. Mm -hmm. So we did what I called a week of filler, where every single day for a week, we put up another episode. We started with two episodes. A week ago, we did Dragon Ball episodes one and two. We ended with episode eight just the other day. Nice. And what I loved, it was so, as I called it, deliciously ironic. Dragon Ball episode eight, zero percent filler. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't plan it. I got to it that day and I went, oh, that's hilarious because it's the filler guide and there's no filler. Oopsie. Right. So you can actually use the filler guide kind of as like an episode guide. It's got the air date, the title, all that kind of material. It's also got some really nice liner notes, I guess you would say, at the end. For example, altered scenes or missing scenes. Kind of stuff that, unfortunately, we just didn't get in the Viz translation of the manga. Um, Steve was unable, probably, to do liner notes for the Funimation DVDs. So it's there's a lot of cool material in there. Some Japanese legend kind of novel writings kind of stuff, references that are in there. So if you're a Dragon Ball fan, and you are because you're listening to this, definitely check out the revised and relaunched filler guide. Turning away from kind of sight stuff, Mary, we went to see the Forbidden Kingdom finally. Last weekend, yeah. We did. Uh, what did you think? You're not going to like what I'm going to have to say. Uh, no, I, I See, I don't take offense at you not liking an entity that is not mine and I did not create, although I did pay for it. No, but I should still, <laughs> well, yes, I'll, I'll pay for Iron Man okay. this weekend if we go see that, and I hope we do, because... I like me some Marvel right. movies. Well, um, what did you think of it? We should say the Forbidden Kingdom is kind of like a very loose adaptation, very loose adaptation of Journey to the West, which initially Toriyama referenced and based some of the characters. Like Son Goku is obviously the Monkey King. Oolong is based on that same character. Anyway, so what did you think about this movie starring Jackie Chan and Jet Li? I thought it was garbage. It was <laughs> so bad. Like, and I like uh, Jackie Chan and everything, and I like action fighting movies, but that stupid white kid made the movie so stupidly bad. And I'm going to be really, really derogatory here. I, I didn't hate the movie. It wasn't a very good movie. But the only way I can describe it, and I think I said this to you as we left the theater, is almost like a Wapanese fanboy wet dream of a movie. It's like, white kid gets to go to Asia and hang out with the hot Asian chick and learn kung fu from the masters and saves a day and he takes place in this awesome prophecy and I go back and you know exactly how this movie is going to end. Yes. The instant it starts. Hmm. And the Boston accents of the bullies got to me like you cannot believe. Are, are the accents there really that bad? I mean, you should know. I never lived in downtown Boston. I mean, I lived on Cape Cod for a while. So which, classy. <laughs> and I lived off Cape for a little bit too, but I was never in Boston or anything. But 
Yeah. Uh, how I have to mention Jet Li. He saved it for me because... Yeah, he, he was played, a great Monkey he King. He played the Monkey King exactly as the Monkey King is in Journey to the West, pissing and all, which... <laughs> I've mentioned this scene before. There's a scene in Journey to the West where the Monkey King and all the the new cohorts, they piss in these jars of these priests in a church or a monastery or something. I remember that scene so vividly. And there's some peeing in this movie, and it just reminded me so much of the actual Monkey King. So Jet Li kind of saved it. Well, my issue with the movie is that for people that don't know any better about what Journey to the West is, I can see them being really taken aback. Like, why is he randomly pissing on people? And what's with this oddball comedy? And why right. is the Monkey King so goofy? Son Goku from Dragon Ball isn't really in any way the actual character Sun Wukong from Journey to the West. But, you know, it, it was a fun, stupid movie, if that. I didn't even think it was fun. And yeah. I, I like fun, stupid movies. This is just stupid. I can see that. It had Yoibo. It had the Monkey King. If you're, if you can get to a matinee, wait for the DVD, I guess is really it. And Netflix it so you don't have to pay for it, you know, flat out outright. I guess that's our, uh, conclusion on it. Obviously we, we do have to get, this was the Forbidden Kingdom. So the other one is the Lost Empire, I think. Was that made for TV one? Yeah, that's actually, it was at the top of my queue in Netflix. But they, but they like- gave me like seven and eight in my queue. I was really pissed because I was hoping to get that like now so we can like do an episode on it pretty soon. So maybe next week, week after. Oh, well, yeah, we'll Darn. get to it. We have a lot of cool reviews coming up. We'll talk about future episodes towards the end of this episode. So I think that's the end of our stuff. We got some news. We got a topic. We got releases. We got emails. We got all the regular cool stuff. So let's do the news. I felt like I was endlessly updating the site the other day. There was so much news. It was really strange, but it was all awesome stuff. Mary, you're going to tell me about the first thing going on. This is the biggest news of the week, hands down. Tell me about it. Yes. Um, as I guess it's not too unexpected. I guess it, it is something that we were anticipating. Like, they didn't officially announce it, but based on precedent of previous things, like we knew this was coming. It's like, I'm following the pattern. Yes. Tell me. So the Dragon Ball movies are being released individually on DVD. This is uh, based on the Dragon Box movie sets. And all the discs are now available again as, you know, releases. They're not double dipping with movies, like two on a disc or anything. No, unlike Dragon Box movies, which was a single box set that contained all the feature-length movies, these are going to be released a movie on a disc at a time. As opposed to Dragon Box movies, like first disc had Dragon Ball movies 1, 2, 3, and then it was DBZ movies 1 and 2. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be a movie at a time. But all things considered, with Japanese prices, I think it's a fair Japanese price. What, what yeah. are these going for? These um, are coming out for actually only 29.40 yen each. And for a movie, I guess that seems okay. Yeah. These so start coming out a on. schedule here, which right. sounds pretty cool. They start coming out on August 8th. And uh, it'll be two discs each on the second Friday of every month with the last three finishing off in March. So this is a pretty fast release. Um, there's also some promotional wallpaper that you can find on the Jumpland website, which is pretty spiffy. But there is no word on extras, you know, the TV specials, all that. But it's well, a good start. TV specials is that the Bardock TV special was on the first DBZ TV series box set. 
and Trunks was on the second one. You know, we got the TV series as individual releases, which didn't contain these TV specials. Those don't appear to be part of this movie's box set. So they're kind of up in the air with, like, what are they going to do with those? So maybe we'll hear, like, extras discs and TV specials discs down the line. That's pretty much all there is left to be released after this. They kind of did it in order. Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you. You know nothing about this, but you're going to tell me something was delayed. I'm going to make you work for the money here. No kidding. Well, apparently, uh, Viz has something about big delays. Uh, the Viz website listing for Dragon Ball Volume 1 and Dragon Ball Z Volume 1 are now saying June 8th, though most retailers still say May 6th. Yeah, so what's going on here is Viz is re-releasing the Dragon Ball manga in their Viz Big format, where it's three volumes in one at a time. Mm. So all the retailers are still saying May 6th, but Viz's site is now saying June 8th. So it sounds like there may be a little bit of a delay there. Nothing too huge, although it's Viz Big. <laughs> uh, Mary. Yes. We just watched a couple videos. Yes, we did. Uh, I, I never get any kind of reading on you when we watch this stuff. So some more stuff from Burst Limit has come out. We've seen the opening to the game, and we just saw some gameplay footage. I'll take the opening real quick, because I... I was watching it with headphones yesterday, and I don't know how much you saw. The opening to the game is not new 2D animation like the Budokai 2 and 3 openings. It's kind of in-game cinemas with a little bit of some overlays and stuff, and it's got the new song on there. Kiseki no Hono yo more gare. Um... I don't know. I think I need to see it actually on the game when it comes as opposed to online. But tell me about the gameplay footage. We saw Trunks versus Raccoon and Goku versus number 16. Yeah, I mean, it looks nice. The um, the lighting textures and uh, effects look really spiffy and uh, they move pretty nicely, but it doesn't seem any different from what we've seen already. Well, the thing just is... Just souped up a little bit. Dimps is developing it. They did the Budokai series, 1, 2, 3, Shin Budokai and Shin Budokai 2. A lot of people are saying it's almost like a next-gen remake of the original Budokai. Yeah, and again, why from, should I care? It goes I mean, from Saiyajin to the end of the Cell game. It, there's no point in buying the same game again and again and again and again. Okay, it's on a new system, but right. it, it looked nice. That's all I can really say about it. I they mean, didn't get up in the air that much, I noticed. They did once. They I forget which character. I think it was Goku knocked... Um, 16 up in the air, maybe, I don't remember. They're all the same thing to me. One thing I did notice is uh, there's a reason why I can't play these games with the American voices. One of those reasons is Raccoon. Ah, yes. I I mean, I'm pretty sure even dub fans really, really hate that voice. (laughs) But like playing these video games just reminds me so much of why I... uh, But this is an old discussion. Let's move onwards. We have more video game news regarding Atari and Infogrames, that little fun French company over there. We got a merger going on. Mary, give me some details on on the merger. It involves money and Yeah, I guess this actually shouldn't be a surprise because things have been so shitty and Infogrames has been, you know, working pretty good at uh, getting a majority hold on the company. Well, they already own the majority in the company. Right, so it makes sense that they have now merged. I mean, what good is Atari anymore anyway? So after the deal, Atari is going to be a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Infogrames after acquiring, quote, all remaining outstanding equity interests, end quote. In addition to this, uh, Infogrames is going to lend Atari $20 million used to, quote, Fund Atari's operational cash requirements during
during the period between the date of the merger agreement and its closing, end quote. Basically, we can't stay afloat. Hey, parent company, give us $20 million so we can last long enough for you to acquire us. Yippee. You're buying a sinking ship. I don't know how this is going to play out. A lot of people are like, oh my god, is Atari and Infogrames, who's going to put out Dragon Ball games now? And I saw this on our forum. I put up a scan of uh, Budoka 1, the PS2, with the Infogrames logo on it. Like, this doesn't really change anything. Atari still has the sub-license to 2010, and it just becomes absorbed into there, and etc. Things are going to be the same. We'll get Burst Limit in June from Atari slash Infogrames. Whatevs. Last bit of news we'll uh, close this off with, and it's only tangentially related. We were mentioning Dimps earlier. Rumor going around is that Dimps is the one developing Street Fighter 4, as opposed to what Capcom's been saying, which is, oh, we are developing in-house, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we're Street Fighter fans, and Dimps has done some decent stuff with Dragon Ball over the last few years, so there's your half connection. I gotta throw in semi-Street Fighter news and relate it to Dragon Ball somehow. That is the news for the week, so with that done, we're gonna turn it over to the topic, which is our manga review of awesomeness. So we are up to Dragon Ball Volume 16. Now, actually, over in Japan, Dragon Ball Volume 16 is chapters 181 to 192. What Viz did over here is because they broke it up into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, the two chapters that start up Volume 17, which conclude the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, they put over into Volume 16. So 16 is thicker, and that makes DBZ Volume 1 thinner. We are going to be interesting and different because it's fun to be different. We're going to do it the Japanese way where we conclude on 192. And then obviously, Jeff, you read 193 and 194 because you can't just stop there. Yeah, pretty much. So we'll mention a couple of those last little things. Every month we go through the manga volume by volume. Julian and myself have read the whole thing before. Mary's read the majority of a lot of stuff now, and you've seen the whole series. And Jeff, you're reading through it for the first time ever with us. Correct. Cool. So uh, I'll start it off with chapter 181. Everyone is astonished at Ma Jr. and Shen's strength. This is not much of a surprise. Shen thinks to himself that the power difference is too great, even taking into account the borrowed body. Ma Jr is able to read his thoughts and wonders about this body borrowing business. Shen starts speaking in a cryptic language and all becomes clear. Shen seems to be willing to throw his life away if need be, but he's got one last trick up his sleeve. Shen takes out a tiny jar and prepares to use the mafuba. Everyone, including Piccolo, appears shocked, but at the last second, Piccolo smirks a shit-eating grin, as I will say. Actually, as Mary would say, I hear you say that a lot. Then unleashes the mafuba gaishi, which I guess you would call the reverse mafuba. Shen gets caught in it and separates a borrowed human body and then screams for Goku to just kill Piccolo. Piccolo runs in, corks the bottle, declares he is not like the first Piccolo. He has no weaknesses. Chapter 182. The announcer counts as a real Shen, stays down to the 10 count. He gets up to an audience applause, all confused, and his son is all excited over his strength. The next, and actually the final match, is Son Goku versus Ma Jr., who walks up towards the interior area, which is blocked by Goku. Goku demands the jar, but Piccolo swallows it, assuming he's ensured his life, because Goku would have to kill both of them to win. Piccolo walks off laughing as Kamisinian shows up and demands an explanation. Goku describes how Piccolo Daimo spit up an egg and essentially cloned himself. The being that seemed to be sucked in by the reverse Mafuba was actually Kamisama. The only hope rests with Goku now. Piccolo reappears and confirms that while Goku is an obstacle, nothing will stop him from taking over the world and killing everyone. The final match is about to begin. Piccolo swings off his cape and the two rush in towards each other. Chapter 183. The two match hits with each other and bounce back. Goku gets a kick in and 
hand, Piccolo hops back and extends his left arm across the ring. Goku grabs the arm and uses an air blast from his palm to push Piccolo further back. Piccolo smirks and stops midair and uses a continuous series of key blasts to pummel Goku into the ground of the ring. The announcer begins to count, but Piccolo says it's not necessary since Goku is fine. Goku gets right up, uniform all tattered, and it seems like they were just testing each other. They briefly banter again and rush right back in fighting. 184. Goku and Piccolo exchange blows until they lock grasps. Piccolo fires eye lasers, which Goku ducks to dodge and then counters with both feet kicking to the chin. Goku fades away and seems to completely vanish, but Piccolo elbows into the air and knocks Goku into a wall. It wasn't the real Goku, though, who appears behind Piccolo and kicks him across the ring. Piccolo hops into the sky and prepares a blast to destroy the entire area. Goku screams for everyone to run, but there is no time. He jumps into the sky to lure the blast away. Piccolo plays along and fires at Goku, who mostly, but not completely, dodges Goku fires a Kamehameha to propel himself back into the ring, and then Goku declares that he will now use the Super Kamehameha. Chapter 185, Goku prepares to fire, but Kame Sanin yells for him to stop because if he kills Piccolo, then Kami will also die. Piccolo laughs at this situation and figures he will just go ahead and kill everyone, and Goku isn't sure what to do. Gudadin screams that they have the Dragon Balls and can just wish Kami-sama back to life if they need to, so just blow him away with the Super Kamehameha. Piccolo fires at Goku, who fires in return. Goku's blast overpowers it and nails Piccolo, who took the blast but appears slightly damaged and fatigued. Speaking on to Chapter 186, Piccolo is quite enraged, and as the announcer mentions how only Piccolo's clothes were damaged, he and the audience see the resemblance to Piccolo Daimao, and Piccolo confirms this. The audience panics and flees, and even the announcer ducks behind the side with Bulma and everyone. Piccolo and Goku regroup now that the scenery has so drastically changed. Piccolo hunches over and uses a technique to increase his size immensely. He begins smashing Goku all around the ring, so Tenjin Han offers to jump in and help. Goku refuses any help since that is against the tournament rules, and it would not be a fair win. Chapter 187, Piccolo uses a mouth blast on Goku, who rushes in and kicks Piccolo off balance. Goku grabs Piccolo's finger and flips him right over. Kamehsenin and Kurudin notice that Goku's stamina is still so high. Goku says he would really be in trouble if Piccolo was even larger. Piccolo laughs and grows even taller. It was a trap, though. Goku hops up and fires away from Piccolo, propelling himself into Piccolo's mouth. Piccolo starts gagging and spits Goku out, who throws something over to Tenshinhan, and it is the jar with Kamisama inside. Tenshinhan opens it up, and Kamisama appears, much to Goku's delight. Light. Chapter 188, Kamisama regains his composure and Piccolo returns himself to normal size after seeing that it was all just a ruse. Piccolo rushes in and the two continue their fight, disappearing to even Kami. They hit each other in the air. Goku fires a Kamehameha from his feet to fly forward to nail Piccolo in the face with both fists. As he falls, Piccolo fires eye lasers yet again, this time hitting Goku. Goku falls to the ring and as Piccolo rushes in, Kamisama hops in front of him to stop the attack. Goku tells Kami to stay out of this since it may disqualify him. Goku gives Piccolo one free hit, so it's all fair. Chapter 189. Goku seems a little tired, and Piccolo was in hitting as quite as hard as before. Goku insists on treating this as a tournament battle and refuses all help that comes to him. As everyone comes to grips with the situation, Goku declares he has seen through Piccolo's moves and will defeat him. Piccolo fires a blast that continuously follows Goku everywhere. So Goku lands, briefly pauses, then runs straight towards Piccolo, pauses again with the smirk in front of his face and disappears, causing Piccolo to take his own attack head-on. Goku tells Piccolo to give up since his left arm is all torn up. Instead of giving up, he rips off his arm and regrows it immediately. Now it's time for his final attack. 
Chapter 190. Goku says he's never felt ki like this before and wants everyone to run. Chi-Chi asks what Goku will do. He says he will try and take the attack. There's no more time, so Tetsujin Han uses the Kikoho. Kikoho to make a hole for everyone to take cover in. Goku refuses to join them and lunch kicks Kamisama in. <laughs> Goku braces for the attack as Piccolo lets loose, extending his arms outwards and the entire area gets blown away. Piccolo thinks it's over, but Kuriden peeks out to see that Goku is still standing, shocking Piccolo. Goku says victory is his. Do the last two chapters here, 191. Goku gets a running start and unleashes an assault on Piccolo. As Piccolo hits the ground, Goku jumps into the air and fires a Kamehameha straight down at Piccolo, leaving a massive crater in the ground, with Piccolo half buried in the middle. Goku asks the announcer to start the count, since he still wants to win the match. Piccolo is not dead, since Kamisama is still alive. So, you know, if he actually killed Piccolo, he would be disqualified. And he still wants to win. As the announcer hits 9, Goku turns around to give a thumbs up, and that is when Piccolo snaps his head up and fires a mouth blast straight through Goku's right shoulder. Chapter 192, Goku falls to the ground, coughing up blood and grasping his shoulder. Piccolo proclaims he has gotten revenge and stamps his foot on Goku's injury. He blasts everyone back as they try to jump in. Goku manages to get up and hit Piccolo in the side, but he's too injured to really fight and is smacked back down. Piccolo jumps up and smashes his knees into Goku's legs, breaking them both. Piccolo mentions that his father left Piccolo with one arm and lost, so he fires a blast and puts Goku's last limb out of commission. As Piccolo hops into the air to deliver the final attack, Kamisama tells Tenshin Han to kill him, himself as in Kami, in order to thus take out Piccolo. They can use the Dragon Balls to bring him back. Goku, still on the ground, begs them to stop because he can still win. And Piccolo fires his blast. And that's where we're going to end, because that's technically where Volume 16 of Dragon Ball ends on chapter 192. Now obviously in the Viz version, we didn't stop. We read the last two chapters because we needed to see how this ends. But for now, let's talk about everything that appeared in this particular volume thus far. Jeff, I'm going to start off with you. Tell me anything at all you would like to tell me about this volume. You know, uh, I think uh, the real thing that's, that stands out from this volume, if it has to be you know, pacing characters, action, whatever it is, it's actually the amount of time it took me to read this. Oh my god, yeah. Wow, did I fly through this thing. Even just narrating a couple of these chapters right here. Yeah, we did it really we fast. Really fast. Yeah. Because some of it is just they fight, they fight, they fire, and someone says something, and that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is pretty much, I guess, the way they want the fights to go out. It's just, you know, action, 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 just now, go, go, go. I'm assuming you don't mean that there's no content in there. Well, of course not. Uh, I mean, okay. certainly there is some content I mean, into this. You're whole welcome thing. to think that if you actually think that, but I'm I'm guessing that's not oh, what you really think. No, 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 no. Actually, there was a there was a panel in here. I'm gonna have to look through it while we're talking about it where okay. uh, it kind of brings up that whole point we discussed last time with uh, I've not really used my full power yet. Uh-huh. You know, like I didn't see that in here too much. Uh, you know, granted that first part of the fight where they're getting ready. Right, right, but, Like right. they're testing each other out. Right, Piccolo knocks Goku down the announcer starts counting. He's like, don't bother, he's fine. Yeah, it's like that extra bit that Toriyama uses just to kind of flesh out the characters even when they're in the middle of a fight, you know? But it's a slightly different version of I didn't use all my power. Right, exactly. So it's just like it's, it's a way to just definitely flesh out these things instead of just making a punch kick punch you know like a street fighter game it's actually got a lot of story behind it mm-hmm. so are you uh, saying that there's no story behind ken and ryu well you know if we're not talking <laughs> about the movies here but you know <laughs> but, carry on but no i definitely think that there's a lot of uh, really exciting stuff in here even though it took so quick to read i mean granted i was thinking back to how long it took me to read the other volumes mm-hmm. and certainly when it wasn't a tenkaichi budokai volume it was a lot slower
slower to read. Right. But for some reason, even though this was basically fights, it still felt like as we go through the series, it gets quicker and quicker to read each volume. Mary, did you read this just as fast? I think it took me a bit longer. I'm not sure why. Were you studying the artwork? I think I might have been. There's some like, really nice big cool. panels in this one. <laughs> Including sound effects like Zaboom <laughs> and Woo and Doom. I want to talk about something that's always bugged me about this part of the series and the conversations where it's like, oh, I can't kill him. And then someone says, oh, we can bring him back with the Dragon Balls. I'm I'm a really bad fan. I can't remember if it's already been established that if Kami-sama dies, then the Dragon Balls disappear. They don't bring that up until later in the volume when someone, and I, I don't know if this is something we can talk about. I don't remember which chapter. Mm-hmm. It's afterwards. It's oh, afterwards, we, so we, we can't can talk, talk about, about it. it. It's fine. Mention it's stated it. in the chapters that we can't talk about yet. It's cleared up. Right. I, they I, call Kami-sama on it like, right, hey, exactly. I've been I, lying. I, I just didn't like how it felt contradictory, even though it wasn't because we don't know the whole facts yet. It just didn't seem like, oh, we can wish him back. Okay, well, now I'm going to fire. Like, well, what was stopping him before doing it? it? That just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I wasn't down with that style of writing here. I don't know if Toriyama wrote himself into a corner and then tried to find a way out of it, or if he just wasn't thinking. I don't know. That that kind of irritated Was it me. really something that they were holding back from? Like there was an attack he didn't want to use? Yeah, Goku or... was going to use the Super Kamehameha, and he's like, oh, but if I kill Piccolo, then Kami disappears. And then Kududin's like, it's okay, we can wish him back with the Dragon Balls. But if Kami-sama dies, then the Dragon Balls disappear. So, I mean, a lot of this is just, well, I know what happens later in the series, so I'm kind of forcing that knowledge onto it. And it seems more contradictory than it probably should. No, but... no, it seemed uh, pretty logical to me anyway, because mm-hmm. I didn't really think about the the idea that, you know, Kami created the Dragon Balls, but they would disappear if he dies. Like, I didn't really think of that. Like, I thought, you know, Dragon right. separate from Kami. Kami-sama, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't make that decision. I, I can understand, because we did see Shenlong actually killed. Right. And the Dragon Balls went back to stones at that point. Right. So up until this point, maybe that is just what we know and what we assume. Yeah, I wasn't exactly thinking too much of like uh, of that. I mean, right. I think it makes pretty... For, well, from my perspective, from what I've come up well, to... Well, that's good. That's what I want to know. Someone yeah. from your perspective that's coming into it much more fresh than I am. No, I, I think That it didn't makes sense. seem like a big to-do to you. It just You were just no. reading it like whatever. Well, it, was, it was only until later where it was like, oh, okay, that's obvious. Yeah, he made them, so I guess mm-hmm. they're going to go too but you know at the beginning it, it made sense especially because you like you were saying Shenlon died uh-huh. you know and so like well if he died then Kami Senin would have died too but that didn't Kami doesn't work that way. or I keep saying that Kami is different than Kame right right <laughs> yeah yeah well right. either way uh, Kami Sama you know it's like with uh, you know if Shenlon dies he doesn't but if he dies right. Shenlon dies seemingly <laughs> so it's like it's just a little weird but uh, other than that, it didn't seem like something too off the off the cuff. Because like, okay, you know, like I was saying last time, this isn't based on reality of any sort, so it makes a little bit of sense. Normally, I would ask about the various fights because it's a ten kg but okay, this is only one fight. So, yeah. Mary, I'm gonna give it over to you. How? What about this fight jumped out to you, if anything at all? Honestly, Goku is very very smart when he's fighting. Oh, otherwise totally. he's very very no, dumb. I don't know that he's smart as much as he is innovative. Well, I, I think it's Roshi says he's a genius. Or maybe it was Kami Sama. He right. says, uh, "He says my little dolt has turned into a genius." <laughs> yeah, right. 
There are two things in here that probably point that out more than anything else. The feet. One is the feet Kamehameha. And the blast following Goku stomping uh-huh. in front of Piccolo and the shit eating green. something we see again later in the series with a certain villain. But it, it's I love the look on Goku's face. It's, He's like, I know what I did. I'm awesome. It's that panel where he appears right in front of Piccolo. Piccolo's got this confused look and Goku's just got that smirk on his face. And that sells it for me so much right in there. Any other uh, cool fight maneuvers. Yeah, I like uh, Piccolo going big. Yeah. Because I figure he's a, he's a demon. He can do that, right? Too cool shit. But I thought Piccolo was too dumb to fall for that line of Goku. That was too obvious. Yeah. It's like, gee. Golly gee, <laughs> I hope you don't get bigger. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. It's like, come on, Piccolo. You're supposed to be crafty. Maybe he was just getting a little too cocky at this point. Maybe. He thought he already had it in the bag. Otherwise, I thought it was kind of a... I mean, I almost thought the end of the fight... Wait, are we talking about the end of the fight? Yeah, we can talk about it. Oh, no, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. (laughs) I do, I don't. Oh, I I don't. I actually... I mean, I liked the fight overall, but I feel like there weren't as many twists and turns as some of the other fights that we've seen. No, this is much more of a just who can hit each other the hardest. And massive explosions and killing... We're getting into really big key blasts at this point. Piccolo's destroying the entire Tenkaichi Budokai ring here. Even Goku Super Kamehameha, the Cho Kamehameha, is rather gigantic. Um, let's talk about some of the other characters. They didn't do much here at all. We had Kami Sending come in and ask what's going on. We had Tenshin Han create. Well, he actually offered to jump in and help out. So there's actually two dynamics here going on. There's Tenshin Han wanting to help out, and there's Goku refusing to help at the same time. Does anyone have anything to say about these characters and those decisions? Well, the study makes a hole, which is also nice. Which is helpful. <laughs> Nothing else. No. It's just. Okay. How about lunch? Hilarious. God in the ass. It's awesome. That's just what she would do. <laughs> Absolutely. So she's not out of character at all. Uh, any other characters do anything noteworthy at all? It's very much not focused really. on Goku and Piccolo the well, entire time. Well, the time. announcer is um, pretty gung-ho and continuing to He's report on the around. fight. Yeah, yeah, He runs away a little bit. He ducks behind with Bulma, but I think she even makes a comment like, oh, he's such a professional. <laughs> He's still there doing it. Well, there was the uh, the block from uh, Kamisama. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. yes there was. He, he yep. was willing to jump in. He seems very much ready to throw his life away. He's like, oh, I can't commit suicide, but I'll inadvertently kill myself, no problem. So I don't, I don't really get, again, that seems like Toriyama maybe doesn't really know how he wants to write it. I, I wasn't sure how to nah, feel about that. Uh, again, it makes sense to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just from, uh, from what I was reading, because he says, obviously, he can't commit suicide. He's a god. It can't happen. So that's fine. There's going to be some cosmic thing that, mm-hmm. that forces him to not be able to do it. So fine. But he, then, yeah. But like, you know, Piccolo is the personification of his evil side. So it's not right, really right. him. It's another person. So if right. he kills Piccolo, that kills himself. Fine. Whatever. No problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he just can't commit suicide because, again, that's just something a god can't do. Something I don't know if it's clear in the Japanese text. I don't know if it means he's physically incapable of killing himself or just as a rule, I'm like rule number one as Kami-sama, don't kill yourself. Well, think about, you know? uh, let's think about Jesus in that episode of South Park where he forces Kyle to kill him. Yes, yes. Right? He could Very Jesus, much the same. Jesus couldn't kill himself because then he couldn't be revived. So he had to have Kyle kill him. Ah. I don't think it has any parallel to this. No, but, I don't think so. Yeah. Thank you. But you see what I'm I understand from. that now. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm projecting too much of my future knowledge on this because honestly, Kamisama doesn't do a whole fuck ton of a lot for the rest of the series. <laughs> it kind of looks down and says, hey, come on up for a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that sums up all the other characters. Is anyone? I mean, I love this so much, but it's mostly just this volume is hitting each other. True. Yeah. True. It's like uh, a taste of things to come. 
I really feel like there's no turning back now. Oh, definitely. That's what it feels like. We yeah. got gigantic arch nemesis, um, seemingly otherworldly beings and henchmen. And I, I don't know. It, Toriyama knows where he's taking it at this point, I guess. Yeah. So I guess in, in a way you could really say that this was kind of like the logical place to, if you were going to stop calling mm-hmm. it one name and start another name, this well, does absolutely. seem like the logical place. And it's what they did with the TV series. Yeah. I mean, some of that was they wanted to indicate that it was going to be ending soon, and this was the transition point of turning. And we we know how that worked out, which is that it didn't. But yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, what else can we say about this? I actually don't know what else I can possibly say about this volume. Well, I could definitely throw in something. That, Please, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the the majority of the of the moves in this fight, we've seen a lot of new moves, uh, and they're all very major scale. Like, it it really is amazing to me that throughout this entire fight, they're able to stay in the ring. Yes. Like, I was just, well, they're up in the air for a little bit every once in a while, but yeah, yeah no one was out of bounds. Right. Like that. That really was weird. So, and, though, something I've never understood about this so it's basically you can't touch the ground out of bounds right so if you fly up stay in the air and fly 30 miles that way technically you're still in bounds i think yeah right because you haven't <laughs> touched the ground yet exactly well the ground out of the ring mm-hmm. yes that's what i'm thinking yeah, exactly. i don't know if that's ever stated anywhere no i think that that's exactly what they said uh in the first or second uh tournament that we read okay i think they said that actually i mean it's a clear rule like if you fall out of bounds you're out yeah they basically said the whole in the air thing is interesting to me because yeah. you can just go all over the world and like who's going to be able to tell right no well that's the thing because they said uh you know you have to hit the ground that was especially when uh i think in one of the fights uh it must have been goku or somebody oh, was, was the, reflected the of off the wall goku and tension han even the end of their fight the announcer right. was going to go off and see if he could still see what was happening who touched the ground and etc right i mean uh it, it's kind of hard to you know, come up with a, a way to, yeah, certainly, you know, monitor that sort of thing from a, across the globe. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, it's the Ten- Tenkaichi Budokai. I think they have cameras across the world for that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't think they do, but... Well, after this fight, I'm sure they're starting to think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's going to turn into a very big event after this, I guess you could say. Right. Even if we're not involved in it anymore. Well, it's funny. Is this? Could you say that this is the first time that they've ever seen this sort of supernatural, yes. godlike sort of stuff at the Tenkaichi? Absolutely. Well, then, you know, in, fu- in definitely in the future, they're going to have to you know, prepare for Adjust all the weird accordingly. stuff. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you can't certainly say it's all for humans Which now. is great because I can't wait to get to future Tenkaichi Budokai, sort of. It's going to be a long time from now. And just see how much it's changed over the years, both to us as readers and also to like the in-story audience almost. <laughs> Very different kind of event. Uh, let's talk predictions, I guess, Jeff. Jeff, who do you think is going to win the fight? Well, I'm not really sure. You haven't read those last two chapters? That's for sure. I didn't read them and I'm a lying bastard. No, I totally read this, but um, <laughs> what the what did I say for my predictions last time? What, what were we talking about? I think you said Goku's going to win. Did I say Goku's going to win? I'm pretty sure you did. Oh, I'm going to stand by that. Okay, correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was pretty much the big one right there, and uh, I said that Goku would have to win and Kamisama can't die, basically. Right. I'm pretty sure that is what you said. Right? Yeah, I said, well, and Piccolo can't die because of the rules of the fight. Mm-hmm. So I said he wouldn't die, Goku would win. That's basically the yes. gist of it. I'm going to stick to that. Okay, well, you're right. I know, Mary, you have a lot to say about probably the final oh, chapter. We'll save that for next week. I think that's a good idea. Or not next week, next month. Yeah. Right, I think it's a good idea to save it for next month so we can really analyze it. Because I'm pretty sure even just that one chapter is going to generate quite a big discussion. Uh, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you have to say, but regardless, it should be said is that going to conclude dragon ball volume 16 thoughts anyone got anything else they want to put in here good volume good volume indeed as jeff flips through i want to find that one line 
All right. Well, I'm going. Okay, to, here we go. You got it. I got it. He, uh, Piccolo says, hey, do you still hold back on your true power? You are a cautious one. I sort of just felt like, you know, that nicely sums up all the, that yes. situation that comes up in the future. That, that panel right there just sort of defines. Very much so. You know, just in a very cynical, like, oh, you have no idea what's coming in this respect sort of way. But anyways, yes, a little irony there. So next month, we are going to be doing Dragon Ball Volume 17, which is actually over here in the U.S., if you go by the Viz translation, Dragon Ball Z Volume 1, with the last two chapters from Dragon Ball Volume 16. So you'll need two to read along with next month. Jeff, we'll see you next month. Absolutely. We're hitting Z. Yay! Did you think we would make it this far? Uh, sort of. I'm still kind of skeptical to see how far we're going to get, but... I yeah. am, too. This is uh this has been awesome. So I'm definitely looking cool. forward to the next one. Well, technically you've read all of the quote unquote original Dragon Ball now. Yes. Sweet. I can actually say I'm a true Dragon Ball fan now because I read the manga first, man. <laughs> yes. How totally many years legit? <laughs> cool. Uh, awesome. With that done, Mary, we've missed it months upon months now. Yeah. We got to do your top five panels from Dragon Ball Volume 16. Mary, it's a couple days later, but uh, we need to get your top five in here. We've forgotten to do it for, I think, two months or so, mm-hmm. doing the manga review of Awesomeness. Yeah, we apologize. We were without Scanner for a while, but now we got one, so now we have no excuses. That's right. So not only are we going to put up this one, but I think we're going to try and go back and put up those last couple, which you didn't really record, but you have a top five for those anyways. Yes. So check the archives page. But this is going to be the top five from Dragon Ball Volume 16. Mm-hmm. Cool. Tell me what you got. All right. Number five is uh, close uh, to the end of the volume where Goku gets blasted in the shoulder by Piccolo's mouth blast. I'm um, looking right at Is that the last page of the chapter, I think? I think so. Yeah, there were two shots, um, but I picked the first one that we uh, see. Yeah, 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 one chapter ends with that, and then the next chapter begins with that. I think, but the next chapter is technically volume 17. Mm-hmm. So you didn't choose it. Correct. Good deal. All right, number four, then. Number four is uh, more violence. On page 155, Goku punching Piccolo in the gut. Like, really, it's a rough hit. It looks very much like a Bruce Lee kind of attack. Just that looking Whoa. to the side. Yeah, that, or Fei Long, because yeah, Fei like, Long... I, like I, the Fei Long. Right. Anyways, continue. So that's for number three. Okay, number three is the new special attack, the Feet Kamehameha. Ah. And he's using this to propel himself into Piccolo on page 114, going by the Viz manga. I'm looking at it right now, and I like it. It's a good shot. That was three? Yes. All right, so number two. Number two, I called this in my notes, Goku shit-eating grin on page 131. Where Did you say it because I said yes. it, which is a response to you using that phrase often? Yes, that's right. I know exactly right. what you're talking about then. I'm flipping for it. What page is it on? It's uh, on? page 131. I'm going the wrong way then. It's when he's doing the attack and uh, it kind of stops in front of Piccolo's face and Goku smiles. Like, right. hey, hey, hey. Yes, I love it. Piccolo's showing his teeth, but in uh, in fright Gasp. instead of right. Oh. Cool. That was number two. So your number one panel in this volume of the manga is... And I don't know if you can guess it, but it's when Piccolo's going big and he goes like super, super big, like as Goku is tricking him into going bigger. And it's a really cool angle and perspective. It's page 101. And I think it's one of the, um, in the originals, it would have been a color picture, but here it's grayscale. Yeah, exactly. And it takes up the whole page. It so is, I like wow. it. Wow. It's, it's totally full page and it 
just like you said, it's a really neat angle. It's kind of like above, but at a not quite overhead perspective. There was a bit of that in this volume too, I noticed, but this one I thought was the best out of all of them. Well, go Toriyama showing his artistic skills. Yes, that's how I felt about it. That's why it's number one. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mary. You're welcome. With your top five panels out of the way, I believe, uh, since Julian's not around to do his DBC ABCs this week, we're going to take it to the releases. So releases, we got a few things coming out in the month of May, which we are into right now. I'll take the first one here. May 2nd, which is actually today is we're recording, it's a Friday, we have the the uh, uh, the dreaded Animanga, an additional volume of the Jinzo Ningen arc. It's volume 2 of that. This retails for 730 yen, and uh, you can buy it on Amazon and all those other places. Shueisha's got a uh, cover art of it, etc. We don't like to talk about this. So Mary, I'm going to give you the next thing coming out on May 9th. Yep, a week from today, uh, more Dragon Ball GT DVD releases. This is volume 7 and 8, and it is episodes 37 through 48, which is the end of the baby arc, straight through to the end of the Super 17 arc, which uh, all these go for 39.90 each, and again, you can find these on Amazon, CD Japan, blah, 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 wherever you can get them. Jeff, you have uh, an outline in front of you. Yes, I do. Start me off on May 27th. There's a lot coming out that day. What's yes, up? Yes, that's for sure. Well, we have Dragon Ball Z Movies 1 and 2. There are going to be two releases, a Blu-ray package for 34.98 and standard DVD for 29.98, and let's see, they are the faux remastered in the same style as the TV season box sets, and the movies were intended to be viewed cropped, apparently, so this is going to be fitting. So this kind of makes a little more sense. I think the best thing, if you want to know more about this, check out the rumor guide on the site, and it explains aspect ratios for the movies and all that other stuff. But, uh, Jeff, I'm gonna, I will introduce the releases, and you will tell me about them. How's that? That's right. Another thing. This is uh, a TV season. That's right. TV season five. It's going to be forty nine ninety eight in that faux remastered style. Yeah. Um, season five. I think we're up to cell stuff now. Early cell stuff? I think so. I think that's how they did it. <laughs> we stopped at season two. <laughs> and I got season two because it was ten bucks and a price mistake at Best Buy. Uh, Jeff, tell me about other stuff coming out that same day, May 27th. Spanish stuff. Yep, these Spanish volumes are going to be seven and eight of the TV series. Uh, apparently they're called Regresa a la Vida and La Evasión de los Saiyajin. That's uh, episodes 19 through 21 and 22 through 24. It's going to be 12.98 each in the faux remastered style, yet again with Spanish audio track. And volume 9 is where the ultimate uncut edition was canceled. Yeah, so the reason why that's relevant is, so we know Funimation, when they were re-releasing seasons 1 and 2, they started that ultimate uncut edition line where there was like three or four episodes of volume and going through there. They canceled that starting at volume 9 and then restarted with these TV season box sets. These Spanish volumes use the same video from the season box sets but are in the same packaging, same cover art and everything as the ultimate uncut editions that they were doing previously with a Spanish audio track and a lower price point. So what's going to be interesting is these were volume 7 and 8, right? So volume 9 is where ultimate uncut left off. It'll be interesting to see if they get past volume 9 with the Spanish run and what the cover art was going to be for those ultimate uncuts. We actually did get cover art for volumes uh, 10 and 11 of that before they were flat out canceled. So they'll probably use that and it'll be interesting to see going forward what else they use. I really think that when they make contracts they should say must finish series. <laughs> we're just gonna stop. Alright, that's uh, it for May. That's a lot of stuff. June we got CDs and video games and stuff but uh, we'll finish that up and we'll turn it over to the emails. <laughs> 
as we've been doing. We're going to start off the emails with our YouTube comment of the week. This is actually a new one. I'm breaking my rules slightly. What I like to do is dip back into really old YouTube comments so it um, doesn't kind of warp like, oh, I'm going to add this in so I can get into the section, you know, because wanting to be heard, that kind of stuff. But this is new, and um, I have a couple responses to it. So, Jeff. Yeah. Your name is Chidikagu or yeah. something, and you watched our first Inconsistencies video, and this is what you had to say. Who cares about this crap? The manga also has inconsistencies so what? Anime and manga have absolutely nothing in common except the basic script and characters. The rest is all but different. You have an additional saga, a new continuation series that's just uh, movies linking to it, some additional character, and tons of additional scenes. Manga is no Bible to the anime, just an inspiration like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and other anime. Keep it that way. Jeff, was it Kermit the Frog or Bill Cosby? Or both? I think it was both. It was Kermit the Frog as a pimp of Bill Cosby. <laughs> wow. Yes. Anyways, so this is uh, an interesting conversation because we're in an age where if you're going to be on the internet, you got to have thick skin. There's going to be people who don't like what you do. So our whole deal with the inconsistencies videos is we've said this before. It's not that we're hating on the manga. We're not hating on the TV series. It's more of a, hey, isn't this interesting? Isn't it cool how we as fans can notice this stuff and share it? And I, I don't understand the concept of sitting through the whole video. And then getting so angry about it for no good reason? And being like, why did you do this? Well, why you did just you just sat through it, you why dumbass? Why did you watch it and comment on it? I, I don't, it's so weird to me. Mm. I, I thought I had a lot more to say about it, but I, I feel like sometimes that almost gets me down and makes me like, oh, why do I bother? I, I, if I put up another inconsistency, someone's just going to be like, oh, this is gay. Stop hating on Dragon Ball. It's like, oh, well, you missed the whole point of it. But at the same time, it it gives me like stuff to talk about, these kind of comments. So, yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of um, perfectly showcases what the internet is these days. So, I don't Fun. know. I, I almost feel like I want to get this material for when I'm 70 year, years old and retired and write my memoirs of the internet so I can have these quotes and include them. <laughs> and be like, isn't YouTube funny? Yeah, right. Jeff, we got an email here from Jim, and you're my email reading guy when you're here. That's right. So Jim says, Hi, Mike, Mary, Julie, and Jeff, and anyone else that may show up. Big fan of the podcast and hope this email will cause a laugh or two. I had stopped by Best Buy to see what new releases had come in, and as I walked by the anime section, I started to think about how easy it's become to get accurately translated anime in America as opposed to, say, 10 years ago. I had to head out either to New York City, the store I went to that had them was called Games and James. Very awesome store, actually. I love that. No, they're not. We're talk about them afterwards continue okay or the flea market off route 18 to find any episodes of dragon ball and even then we couldn't be promised the best quality visually speaking or translation wise anime labs still gives me a chuckle my thinking like this continued for a bit until i stopped and realized i sound like an old man let the record state that i am 26 hey me too i might as well have been talking about how back in my day etc so i guess what i'm asking is have you guys ever caught yourselves or other fans having moments like this hoping you're finding this story as humorous as I did. I feel like we say that all the time yes. back in the day. And we're the exact same age. And, and then I also feel like I don't have the right to use that phrase. But to see how far 
The anime industry as a whole and also Dragon Ball has come in the U.S. in what is really a short period of time. Remember, we've said this before. Time on the internet seems very skewed as opposed to real lifetime. Yeah. And when you think about it, okay, Dragon Ball started coming out here from Funimation 95, DBZ 96. It's been 12 years. That's kind of a long period of time. But it's not like 30 years ago. I, I don't know. There were anime fans long before then, you know? But it is really interesting how it's like we had to go to the flea markets and the bootleg shops in the basement of the Elizabeth Center. and They were better. What was better? The flea markets were better. I would go to the flea market and I got burned so many times with bad tapes. I would ask, can I put this in the VCR you have here and just see how it looks before I buy it? And they actually let me, which was pretty cool. That's good. Yeah, they they made that. Yeah, yeah, they really made that like major policy after a while because people just kept returning them back. And they're like, oh, I guess our dubbing copier is broken. Well, fine, we'll make another tape in about a week, come back. I wanted to mention Games and James. I specifically remember I had a tape, I think it was, of the Majin Vegeta episodes. My fan subs were from there. They weren't actually fan subbers, but what they did is they were a store in New York. They would put their own logo over top of actual fan subber credits. I have a really big problem, especially with today's Digisubs, where it seems like fan subbers almost take credit for doing the show themselves. Mm. As if they right, made like, the show. I hate when I'm watching, you know, a downloaded episode and it'll be the opening credits. I want to know who did the show. Like, I want to know who the character designer is. I want to know who th- did the music. Instead, it's like the fucking credits, like the timer for the subtitle. Like, I don't fucking care, you egomaniacs. I know. I wanted to know who was the producer of this episode because that's relevant to my interest. But anyway, so Games and James, they would put their stuff over top of fan subber credits. And sometimes I wanted to know who the actual fan subber... You could tell by the font and stuff, but I didn't like how they replaced certain things and acted as their own... Uh, whatever. I wouldn't say they're ethically ethically correct, but they did get me started in it, so they'll, they'll, they're good guys in my book. All right. Yeah. That's fine. There you Jeff, go. we got another email here from Hector. Tell me what Hector's got to say. Hello, Hector. And he says, Hey, Mike, Mary, and Julian. I've been hearing your show for a while now, and you guys are awesome. I'm Hector, and I'm 17, and I consider myself the biggest DBZGT fan ever. Anyway, my question to you guys is, last time I was looking through the TV channels and came up to a cartoon called Blue Dragon in Cartoon Network, I was shocked to see a really close similarity between Goku and the main character of the show. Do you guys know if Akira Toriyama had to do anything with the character design of the show? Anyways, keep up the awesome show, and I hope you guys keep those awesome conversations that you guys have. I have a hunch. Yes. (laughs) Before we even get into that, I like how he says, I've been hearing your show for a while. As if, like, he's just walking around and, oh, <laughs> where are those voices head. coming from? You guys have been in my head for a few weeks now. I can tell he's in junior year of English at high school, so. Oh, it's not making fun. I just thought that was funny. Um, Toriyama, Blue Dragon. So, Blue Dragon is not just a TV series. Uh, we mentioned it a, a while back. It's actually an RPG that was developed by the Gooch, as the cool kids say. Hironobu Sakaguchi, who's responsible for most of the early Final Fantasies, uh, was developed for the Xbox 360. It was kind of like the dream team of Hironobu Sakaguchi, who produced it, uh, Nobuo Uematsu, who did the music, and Akira Toriyama, who did the character designs. Uh, Sakaguchi and Uematsu were known for Final Fantasy, and Toriyama had been doing Dragon Quest for years and years and years and years. So, And they were also the Chrono Trigger team, so that's kind of like that dream team together back again. It's like, oh, the Chrono Trigger team's doing a new game, and whatever. So Blue Dragon was developed as an Xbox 360 RPG, and because no one in Japan has a 360, in order to really promote it and get people interested in the game, they have to do a TV series of it as well. 
and a manga series, and a possible DS sequel slash spin-off, etc. Blue Dragon is actually bigger than it probably should be because, like, two people in Japan own a 360. That makes so much sense now, because I'm just thinking of the old Chrono Trigger art, and it looks just like Dragon Ball Oh, art. yeah, yeah, All Toriyama, all the way. Never, never made that, that distinction at all. Toriyama did uh, Dragon Quest, did Chrono Trigger, Toe Ball, which was a fighting game from Square. Two never came out in the U.S., but it was probably one of the best fighting games ever made. Um, oh, yeah, there's Toriyama. He does lots of other stuff besides Dragon Ball and his own one-shots manga. So uh, there you go with that. I think we'll close off the emails there this week. Jeff, if you have questions, comments, suggestions, hopes, dreams, aspirations, where do you send them to? You would send them to podcast at dizex.com. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot C-O-M. Awesome. We're actually done with the show. Whoa. Upcoming episodes. The plan next week is to review a book. It is a certain book that we have certain things to say about. It is not Dragon Ball manga. It's not Journey to the West. It's not Journey to the West. It's not fan fiction, that's for sure. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) In some ways, sadly, it is. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. So look for that next week. We do have the interviews coming up soon. I'm waiting on confirmation for people and stuff and etc. So, uh, and we'll have some contests again soon. We got more DVDs and that kind of stuff. Jeff, let's get rid of you. Oh, no. You're here for the manga, but now you're leaving. Yes, I am. Leaving for pizza. That's right. Pizza. (laughs) Mmm, pizza. Pizza and beer. And pizza and beer and yes. video games. Woo, video games. That's a Friday night if I've ever heard one. Yes, it is, man. You totally made Where my Where are the hookers? Game. They're in the bathroom. Shut up. Okay. Down by the junior high. Ah, yes. <laughs> Hello, ladies. You want to do a podcast? Jeff, what do you got for me? Uh, nothing. 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 Not right now. Next time we see you on this show, let's pinky swear on it. Yeah. Uh-oh. Have something to plug. Uh, well, next time I'll probably have submitted one or two things. So, yes, I should have something to plug next time. Sweet. Yes. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Awesome. Oh, speaking of which, actually, yes. yes uh, do keep an ear out. Uh, my, uh... New co-host, if you will, for uh-huh. Low Fidelity and I did a, yes. a very quick, very, very quick thing because I was so tired of having so much stuff to do that I felt like making the situation worse for myself and giving myself another project to do. I can understand that, though, because it's yep. almost comforting at the same time. Exactly. So we did a, a guy, actually a guy I work with, but also a really good friend of mine, uh, Dave Cedar. He uh, works with me at Apple. He uh, gave me a top five, uh, I think it's like best, top five time machine uh, music things. Like It's like... If you oh, go cool. back in time and combine two artists in different time periods, what oh, you do? sweet, sweet. Really, really good results there. So I'm going to have that up hopefully this week. So keep an eye out on the Low Fidelity feed. It'll awesome. Be on the same I can link feed. to Low Fidelity again. Yes, you can. Is the website fixed? Uh, no. But the homepage and the feed works. Uh, the homepage and the feed still work, yes. Awesome. Poor show. Yeah, I know. But yeah, he hopefully will be the new co-host. He is absolutely excited to be a part of that now. So Cool. Yeah, it's going to be well, fun. You know oh, what? no, there's a certain deluxe that has arrived. Well, that's all right. We're finishing up. I did want to say that you can't say too much shit about Brad because he's listening. No, of course. And Brad is awesome. <laughs> Brad right, Brad? is the man. Brad's amazing. We love Brad. And besides, he always says He's watching Dragon Ball now. Well, he's... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, cool. No, he definitely said that uh, at some point he's going to come back and and do like special guest spots with his own top five. So we're looking forward to that. Awesome. Yep. Well, uh, thank you. You can let Andrew in when he gets to the door. Will do. In the meantime... The door's open. Oh, okay. Whatever. He'll find his way in. I think he's used the doorknob before. Mary, let's say goodbye to you. Yep. You're from Temple Trunks, It's a place, and etc. Yeah, and I updated it last Holy weekend. Holy shit! First time for in the year. first time in a year. Um, well, content update. Um, right. anyways, new scans. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Temple of Trunks, www.temple.com. We. 
Awesome. Thanks for hanging out. So that was episode 127 of Daizenshi Reacts the Podcast. We'll hit you back next week with 128. Hopefully Julian will be here with us. So uh, we got other stuff to do. So I guess we got to say goodbye. For Jeff over there, for Julian off in Japan, for Mary over here, my name is Mike from Daizenshi Reacts, www.daizex.com. That's the end of the show. We'll uh, see you later. Daizenshi.exu.podcast.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.